Hello everyone, welcome to the Ritual Tiger Talk. I'm your host, Dr. D. Santos. We've got a very mathematical show for you today. I am joined with two of the most hardworking people here in Ridgefield Public Schools. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? We'll start with Jamie. Good morning, Dr. DeSantis. This is Jamie Paladino. I am the district math coach. I work in all of the elementary schools here in Ridgefield. Awesome, awesome. So glad to have you on the show, Jamie. And the one, the only, Linda. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Good morning, and thank you, Wes, for having us on the show this morning. I'm Linda Johnson. I'm the director of elementary education. Um, I work with all of our, our students, our principals, our teachers, administrators, um, from preschool all the way through fifth grade. And I also work with um, secondary educator, educational leaders, Annie Tucci, Jeff Corbishley, on the transitions from elementary school into middle school. And I, I really do work in all of our content areas, whether it's math, reading, writing, science, social studies. Yep. Um, I also work with our essentials department, art, music, PE, library, media. So I, I truly have what I like to say one of the best positions in the district because I have um, I do have the opportunity to work with so many amazing teachers who know their craft, who know their practice. Um, and of course, which means that they really know their students and how to teach them best. Oh, absolutely. And with a position like that, it's like, you know, when you're when you're working very closely with something, you know, I always kind of use the analogy of your your eye is right up against a screen. So you just see a bunch of colors. But then as you move out, you the whole image comes together. Um, so it's it's such a it's such a cool position to have where you can just see everything from soup to nuts. Um, but today's topic is uh, math fact fluency at the elementary level. And uh, I think we get a lot of community members. Uh, there's a lot of, I, would, I don't wanna say new language in, in the way we teach mathematics now, but definitely different from when I was in, in school and a lot of us were in school. Um, some of the math is the same, some of the topics are a little bit different, the way we might go about teaching certain things a little bit different. Of course, Ridgefield, we do things our way. Um, so we figured it'd be a great, uh, nice little show to, to talk about that. Um, so, uh, without any further ado, kind of, let's kind of get into this like idea of, I, I, I've seen in documentations at some board of ed meetings, people talk about computational fluency in math. W what does that mean for like an elementary school student and, and for us as uh, teaching practitioners? Jamie, do you want, to, want me to take that one on to start and then sure, go ahead. On to it? Yeah. Um, so Wes, that, that is a great question because oftentimes we think about fluency as, oh, I can just do it really quickly. I've got the right answer. Now I can move on. Um, and, and oftentimes memorization is attached to the word fluency. Yep. Um, so as a district, we've studied this quite a bit. And what, what we refer to is um, teaching our students efficient and accurate methods for computing whether it's adding, subtracting, multiplying, and dividing. Um, and we know that our students are working towards that computational fluency or have gained that fluency when they're able to demonstrate flexibility in the methods that they're using. So we don't typically teach only one method for yes. how to yeah. add or subtract larger numbers. Mm -hmm. We will teach um, several methods. Um, so we want our students to be able to be flexible with those methods. Um, develop an understanding of which method works best for them, for their thinking and their learning. 
and that they can explain these methods and then eventually um, apply the method or methods so that they are able to compute, able to solve a problem accurately. Um, oftentimes, you know, people will say, oh, we don't care about getting the right answer any longer in math. And that's the furthest from the truth. We do yeah. want our students to get the correct answer. Yes. <laughs> um, we, we just want them, we want them to understand why they're doing it, how they're doing it, so that they can be flexible and fluid with their, their strategies. Yeah, I, you know, just from a personal account, I think my mathematical, and I've taught math at the high school level, and as a physicist myself, and doing teaching physics, math is a big part of it. Uh, the, you know, I always remembered, like, in middle school and high school, kind of, like, realizing, oh, that's where that came from. And that's why we do this. Like, why didn't tell? Why didn't anyone tell me why we did this years ago? <laughs> you know, and it's kind of the you, you you always hear the kids say like, "When am I ever going to use this?" And you're like, "Don't worry, you're going to want to know this stuff when you get older and start working with money and whatnot." So. <laughs> you know, Wes, I think that's why that fluency conversation is so important too, and and not yeah. just memorizing our, our facts, but yet mm -hmm. having a strategy of of how to get to that fact and how to have that fact in your long-term memory and not your short-term memory you know i was talking to a teacher actually who, before you go any further um i've actually heard that term before for those who may not know what what does it mean to have a, a fact a math fact is that just like two plus two equals four or is that something a little bit more deeper for those who may not know so the way i i kind of take it is is understanding your math facts is understanding your foundational skills in math oh, okay. you know your, your your multiplication your addition your subtraction mm -hmm. and your division like knows knowing the logic like knowing the logic yep. and then again having a strategy attached to that logic yeah uh so so for instance you know our sevens are really hard for kids to remember when we talk about multiplication mm -hmm. and we can just have kids memorize their sevens or, or maybe yeah. nines is even a better one right Yep. You can teach that nine trick with your fingers. Yep. Right. And yep. And it's the one, then 27 and 36. Yep. Right. Yep. I remember but, all those. But if I have a strategy that uh, helps me get my nines, like knowing my tens, yep. I get to 99, I can use that strategy to help me. Whereas my little finger trick at nines won't help me anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's really having kids understand that flexibility and, and not just memorize their facts. <laughs> Uh, and have strategies that then become efficient. Ooh. Now, how would a student become more flexible in using those strategies, right? Because you just gave two great examples. And and like, how do we teach that to the student? I, I can start that off. Um, and, and Wes, again, so glad you answered that or asked that question because our students do need explicit instruction. Yep. <laughs> on um, first what it means to either add, subtract, so on and so forth. Yep. And then we need to provide instruction on strategies as, as Mr. Palladino described, so that they can become fluent with their basic facts. Um, so we like to look at it as building a student's toolkit of strategies. So um, in our Richfield Public School math curriculum, we have a scope and sequence that tells our teachers mm -hmm. when to be teaching certain facts starting in kindergarten and yep. there are the, oh, it does start in kindergarten yes it's, it's a, yep. all right wow. yes we have you know, we have this scope and sequence of saying where does it start from kindergarten and how do these basic fact learning progress from kindergarten up into let's say for example third grade 
-hmm. And so our teachers have um, lessons that they're teaching so that students do develop their understanding of the different strategies depending mm-hmm. on the fact that they're, they're learning. So for example, Jamie talked about nines facts or seven mul- multiplication facts. Um, there's specific strategies that our teachers are teaching our students so that they can become proficient in those, um, those facts. And a super, super important part of this is, yes, we explicitly teach the strategy, then we give our students time to practice the strategy. And, uh, and I think this can be sort of the trickier or the challenging part. And, and Jamie, feel free to jump in with um, when are we finding that time for our students to practice? How should they be practicing them so that they can eventually reach that level of automaticity where perhaps they're not counting on their fingers or doing a fingers trick? And, and the big key piece there is practice. So how do we practice our facts in school and at home? Sure, I, I can jump in right yeah. there, right? So I, I think I just want to reiterate, right? We, we've given the kids a strategy. We've taught them the strategy. You know, we yeah. have some foundational skills. Um, for instance, that they'll, they'll learn their twos and then their fives and then their tens. And by slowly learning those facts, they can build off that by learning other facts. So the question is like, when do we find time? So a great example is, is, is third grade. We've actually relooked at our pacing guide in third grade to build some time right into our curriculum. So if they've just learned how to solve the facts for six, the next day they actually will have a, a practice day where they're playing math games. They're playing games with a standard number of six and a lot of this practice is also language right so we're having them tell us the strategy that they're using so for instance Wes to to get your sixes if you don't know them you can use your fives and ones yes I know my fives and my ones I can get a six those are yeah oh okay yeah you're so so leaning on the easier ones to go more complex to go more complex until that becomes efficient and then they also will just know their sixes yep but we're not having them just memorize that six, right? And yeah. giving them 50 problems with six mm-hmm. and giving them two minutes to solve it. That's not that's not going to put that into that long-term memory. Yeah. But by them saying, I know five times three is 15 and one times three is three. Yeah. 15 and three make 18. Therefore, six times three equals 18. That starts to become <laughs> more efficient as they practice more and more. And we do it in a game way. You know, we play games like winner, winner, salute, mm. because it's more engaging for kids. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and they have a little bit of a fun time doing it. I mean, uh, it would be more engaging for us adults, too. I'd rather learn <laughs> that way, too. Yeah. You know, like I said, I remember going to school and I got the 50 questions. Yep. And, you get those worksheets. And you just and, fill, go down the yeah, squares. We had to go as fast as we can. And what did I do? I solved all the zeros first, Wes, because I yep. knew that <laughs> zeros, right? Yep. And I never even got to the ones I had to practice. Yeah. Um, so, so I think we're trying to find engaging ways after we've taught the strategy to kids mm-hmm. to practice. And then it's not just that next day it's now gone. It's yeah. now we've we've put that into our repertoire. So we have extension blocks. We have we yeah. have other top parts of the day that we're adding some of this fluency practice in. So it, it's funny that you you say that with understanding the logic, the 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 way that they will go about solving these problems, but bringing it down. 
Um, one thing I think that's been kind of really anemic in the way that math has been taught in the past is uh, in the physics world, we call it a feel for numbers. And you know, I would teach, let's say high school seniors, and we would have these rough rules. It's not exact, but if you see something in meters per second, kind of double it, and that's roughly miles per hour. You know, so if you're solving a problem and the beach ball is roll, rolling down the beach and the answer is 100 meters per second, you're probably going to be like, I don't think that beach ball is going 200 miles an hour. And that's where the feel for numbers come from. And I, I like these methods because the students, because they're using logic and they're playing games and they're saying, oh, this is how this big is. Oh, that's how that small it is. They get a feel for numbers. So even if the answer doesn't look right to them in the moment, they know it's not. They have a feeling, I don't know, that doesn't feel right to me because they've had all of that practice with different methods and facts of how they can go through it. So that, that's a really neat feature of, the, of how we do it here. You know, Wes, Linda talked about we're also trying to mm -hmm. build flexible thinkers. Yeah, right? we're trying to get kids. Absolutely. I think this is what you're talking about. We're trying to get kids yep. to be flexible with numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was talking to a teacher the other day who, who you know, it's about my age, and and the running joke was when I was in school. You know, the, the teacher would always say, "Well, you're not going to be walking around with a calculator in your pocket, so yeah. you need to know this." <laughs> Little did they know. Little did they know, right? <laughs> so, so yes, we want kids to know their facts, and we want kids to have strategies, but yeah. we want them to be flexible thinkers. Yeah, we want them to be flexible with their numbers as well. And I think that's what you were getting at, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what um, we we refer to as number sense in yeah. our mathematical world. So, you know, I think about if there are family members out there listening to our show today, oftentimes parents, family members will ask, well, how can I help at home? How, how can I help practice at home? Um, that number sense that you just described, Wes, or, or Jamie, that yeah. you added on to, look for those opportunities at home. Um, yeah. You know, think about real world situations when children are um, using math. So, for example, if you're in a restaurant or if you're out you know, at, at the market, the grocery store, thinking about how much something might cost um, and using that word about, right? It's estimating. That's a big part of number sense. Um, I'll also circle back to practicing basic facts at home. Again, basic facts, addition, subtraction, multiplication or division, depending on the grade that um, a student is in. Our teachers do a really nice job with sending home a resource that's connected to our, our anchor resource, Think Mathematics or Developing Roots, that are called home links. And within those- Oh, nice, products, yeah. Yeah, it's nice, it, it's nice. There's like a description of what's happening in the chapter, mm -hmm. what students are learning. And then oftentimes there's a part that says what you could do at home. Um, so there's that section that might emphasize how to practice your basic facts or how to, mm -hmm. how to work on computational fluency. Um, and many, many of our teachers are sending home the games that Jamie referred to so that um, students can practice those games at home. And then, and then one last great resource, our building principals um, have their weekly or, or biweekly communications, what they call their newsletters that they send out to families at the building level. And um, oftentimes there's a curriculum corner and that curriculum mm. Corner is devoted. Oh yeah, curriculum. <laughs> it's it's devoted to, um, of course, many different content areas. Math being one of them, and we've put um, links into there that games, you know, games that can be played at home. Absolutely. So yeah, actually, that that's kind of a, a great way to to close out the podcast. That, so we have lots of resources that parents have access to. Um, are there any other like tips and tricks? 
I know, Linda, you just gave a, an a opportunity or a, an example of, you know, when you're at the store, hey, what do you think this is about? Are there any other tips and tricks you might want to give parents who might be listening to this podcast who have an elementary school student in that, uh, in that realm? <laughs> you know, Wes, I think the other piece that I would add is, is with number sense and just math, there are lots of board games that are yeah. all about that have math. Uh, Racco, you know, mm -hmm. there's some different. So just looking in, in one of the principal corners, I think we actually talked about board games that, that parents can play yeah. that have really a number of sense and math reasoning around mm -hmm. them. Um, so in that in that principal corner, uh, many of our principals actually put a list of games that would be kind of math. Because I think one of the things that I always encourage, it should be fun at home. Yeah, uh, we shouldn't be giving kids worksheets. Uh, we, again, we have the math games that we have resources. The Think Mathematic always kind of puts a game or an activity. But that would be my other thought is even just playing board games um, with with our, our our kids really does build up that yeah. math number sense. Jamie, I'm so, I'm so glad That's you great. emphasized that and the idea of keeping it fun. Um, I'll talk about just very quickly, Wes, the importance yeah. of relevance to students' learning. That's huge, yeah. Huge, right? Real-world relevance. And in, in schools, we we strive for that, trying to connect the mm -hmm. learning that's happening in math or reading or writing, whatever, whatever it might be, to something in our real world. And that's the why, right? What you said earlier, why am I even learning this math? Yep. Am I ever going to use this? So when we can find that relevance, it, it does promote a deeper understanding of a concept or a skill. So family members, they have that relevance at their fingertips all the time. Again, whether you're in a grocery store, or out for dinner, or playing a board game, and, and games are um, a great way to keep it fun, keep it light, oh, absolutely. and keep it purposeful and, and relevant. Um, you know, I'll, I'll end with two questions that... Um, parents will say like often like well, when my kid does get stuck, right? So let's say for example, we're playing a game or I, I did have a homework activity that came home and, and my, my mathematician doesn't know what to do. Um, <laughs> so, you know, two go-to responses there for, for our family members is ask your student, what do you know that could help you with this problem that you're stuck on, right? So it's the, when yep. you get stuck, what do you do? So there, there's two questions here that, that family members could, could ask. Um, how could you use what you know to solve this problem? Mm -hmm. Or uh, explain your thinking, because that's going to come back to some of that reasoning that yep. we're talking about today. Oh, that's great. That's great advice. That's great advice. Um, all right. Well, first off, I just want to say thank you to the both of you for taking the time out of your very busy day. Um, I'm also gonna do a quick promo for the Ridgefield Public Schools Bridge Program. So uh, we're doing a lot of exciting things this summer. And if you're interested in any of the offerings, and these are offerings at all levels. So we have elementary, middle, and high school offerings. Uh, just go to ridgefield.org, our main website, and you'll see a big button down in the uh, lower right-hand corner. You'll see it. it's a summer bridge program. You click on it. It's called our Summer Forever Bridge. We're going to try to keep doing this forever as long as we can. <laughs> um, so people think it's, it, we, you know, we've been having great responses from it, and we really want to kind of push this program. So um, for any information, just go to ridgefield.org, hit the big bridge button, and all the stuff is there for any age, right? Any age. Anyone. There's something for everyone. I think that's our tagline, right? <laughs> um, 
All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Jamie. Thanks, Wes, for having us. Thank you so much, Linda. You are so welcome. It's been our pleasure. We we love to talk math uh, anytime. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So cool. We're going to have to have you guys on again at some point soon. And uh, this is uh, Dr. D reminding everyone who's listening to this podcast to let everyone in town know about it. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, wherever fine podcasts can be procured. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend.